In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our gospel opens on the disciples of John. They've been sent to inquire of Jesus, are you him? Are you the one, or should we be looking for someone else? It'd be easy to read this question on its face as John asking after the identity of Jesus. Who are you? But that seems odd when we consider that this is the man who recognized his Lord before he was even born, who leapt in the womb of his mother Elizabeth at the mere sound of Mary's voice. As a prophetic testimony to Christ, this was the man who disdained all comfortable clothing and wore rough pelts and ate locusts in the wilderness. This was the man who called the nation to repentance and boldly rebuked the hypocrisy of Israel's religion. This is John we're talking about, the one who pointed straight at Jesus on the banks of the Jordan River and proclaimed him the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So then in light of this, what are we to make of John's question sent for his disciples? Perhaps John is having a crisis of faith. We'd certainly find that relatable. It's an especially compelling reading when we look at his situation through very practical eyes. This is a man who, after a life dedicated to faithful ministry, has been imprisoned by a weak king in the basement of a party house, all for the crime of calling out obvious wrongdoing that everyone was aware of. Upstairs, everyone is enjoying a party, and then there's John in the cell. Faced with darkness and dryness and despair, how easy it would be to look into the loneliness of one's room and think, maybe this is it. It's so easy for us to imagine that kind of moment, and that's perhaps why it's so easy to read that kind of doubt into John's question for Jesus. It's the way we might envision ourselves asking that question. Was all of this for nothing? Is this the reward for faithful service? Did I get it wrong? Did I waste my time? And how would I even know, really? This is a problem. And this problem of judging the truth of things is at the heart of St. Paul's comments in our epistle lesson this morning. He's in the middle, by the time we jump into the epistle, of a teaching of the essential qualities that are needed in ministers for the church. He says, it's required that a man be found faithful. It's all very well, but the question we might ask to St. Paul is the question that we might read into John's question for Jesus. How exactly do we know that someone is who they seem to be? In a world that seems so uncertain, in which those who are evil seem to thrive, and in which those who are righteous seem to suffer, how do we know who people are, really? It's an ancient question. 
seated deep within the Jewish imagination and the wisdom literature that Paul is drawing from in making this kind of an observation. It goes all the way back to Ecclesiastes. The world is ancient and often inscrutable, and we are young, and our knowledge is often so partial. How then can we know the truth of things? For St. Paul, a master of the wisdom tradition, the solution to this riddle is founded in the person of Jesus himself. And Paul makes this known, saying, Judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will bring forth to light the hidden things and will make manifest the counsels of hearts. Then everyone shall have their recognition from God. To our comfort, we get the relief of knowing that the truth is out there, that Jesus is the master of that truth, and all things are known to him. But then we find out, too, perhaps the disconcerting truth, the one with which we begin every Mass. He's the one who knows the thoughts of every heart, who is able to judge the truth of us entirely. Jesus always knows. St. Paul's point is that we must hold partial what is partial until the Lord comes to complete what is partial. The word that confirms all things as they are, the word of King Jesus. At that point, all will be known as he knows it to be. Which brings us back to John. What is the truth of John in this moment when he sends his disciples Let's listen to Jesus. What did you go out into the wilderness to behold? A reed that is blown back and forth by the wind? Why then did you go out? To see a man clothed in soft garments? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in the king's houses. Why then did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare thy way before thee. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. For from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and men of violence take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. To Jesus, is this a man who is looking back with uncertainty and doubt? Far from it. So what is John doing? John is faithfully fulfilling his ministry. From the darkness of a prison cell that he will never leave, at the culmination of a life of utter humility, John does the last act. He sends his disciples away. He has them depart from him and go to Jesus. John's question is not asked for his own sake, so, but so that his disciples might hear the answer that they will receive and know that they're in the presence of the one. John knows that the master has arrived, and it is time for him to yield the way. His work is now accomplished. 
with his entire life, he has pointed at Christ. It is the last martyrdom of every teacher and every minister. When the truth to whom all teaching points, when that, point, when that person arrives, the teacher must give way. When the Lord to whom all word and sacrament comes to us, he must increase and we must decrease. Advent is a season of waiting, waiting for all things to be made known by Christ. Ultimately, faithfulness to him is something that he judges, that he determines, and that he will pronounce in a final word. Christ has declared his servant John a faithful minister. And today we celebrate the ministry and witness of St. John the Baptist as one who in the wilderness declares the Lord's arrival and who, in the house of a king, does not wear soft garments, does not yield to the trappings of power and violence and luxury. John knows that the real king is here. And on this third Sunday in Advent, we do well to look with John to Jesus and point with our entire being like he points with his entire being to the one who comes to judge and to rule as our everlasting king. We must attend as John attends. And he teaches us to attend in his words that we remember every week in our liturgy. For one day, in the place of both priest and sacrament, we will see the Lord standing before us, giving, him, giving us himself as both Lord and judge and as friend and savior. He is coming among us. He is coming in the remembrance of his birth at Christmas. He is coming to us in this very liturgy, in the word we have heard, and in the sacrament in which we will partake. He is coming to dwell in us and to make us dwell in him, so that at the last, when all things are revealed to be what they are, we are found in him forever. The Lord is at hand. Our Lord is coming soon. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.